Welcome back to Square Horror Podcast. This is your Duke of Spook, Danny. And I'm your master of scaramonies, Matt Barry. What? You make me sound so velvety and nice. You have such a low voice. It's so good. I can't do it. You gotta get the gravel. It's true. I didn't have... It's not grating enough. It's not obnoxious (laughs) enough. I'm sure listeners can attest to. So because we started out very differently, clearly it's like we're switched places or something. It's almost like... A movie we're going to talk about today on, uh, so I think our podcast should also switch with like NBR. Like, okay. So today we're going to be talking about um, two, oh, fe- two feature. Sorry, we're going to be talking about two feature films. We're going to be covering today are 2020s come play and mm, we're going to be talking about them in detail. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that with a straight face. No. Um, so, yeah, I think this is... So, in normal times, what we're going to do is cover movies, like horror movies, as they come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and a kind of a broad sense of just, like, our first impressions and why we feel like people should go see them. Yes. And if we feel like people shouldn't go see them, or that we just didn't like them, we're just not going to talk about them. Yeah. Which is good. I'd rather just not sit here and be like, this was bad, and, you know, people don't go see it, or people go see it and disagree. Just go do whatever you want, but we're going to recommend, like, we're going to cover movies that we would recommend people go see. Absolutely. And I'm glad that we both agree that people should go see both of these movies. Yes. Because there is a lot of merits to both of them, Absolutely. So, let's start with them and how we saw them. Let's start with... Oh, okay, shoot. I gotta switch everything. (laughs) Do you want to talk about Freaky first? Yeah, I mean, it's just fresh in my mind. Okay, let's... We're going to start with 2020 Blumhouse's Freaky, yes. starring Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. So, uh, clearly, I mean, if you've, I mean, it's, it's a, a bully marketing. Like, it's oh, all over absolutely. the place. I'm glad so. So, after sw- swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. Bum, bum, bum. It's Freaky Friday. It's, it's yeah, Freaky it's Freaky Friday, Friday but it's instead of, you know, a mom and a daughter being like, ah, oh, we're not so different. It's a, a serial killer and the girl he was trying girl. to kill. Which is, so, um... So, okay, so up top, it's directed by Christopher Landon, who most notably did, like a Scott said, the zombie apocalypse. He did the Happy Death Day movies. Which this movie feels a lot like, because it's taking a classic story you know and flipping it on its head and going horror with it. So I'm looking at it. He also wrote um, Paranormal Activity 2 through 5. So he's like, because again, Blumhouse is like, so he's been around for a long, long time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he even wrote Disturbia. Remember, like, that movie came out oh, a I long, long time ago? You do? I really like it. We'll have to talk about it sometime, because yeah. <laughs> we have very different thoughts about I it. I really yeah. enjoyed it. But yeah, he, he, he's been entrenched with Blumhouse for a long time. So mm-hmm. we've, been, we've been throwing Blumhouse around a lot on the show, and I don't think a lot of people, especially the Squares, know who Blumhouse is. So Blumhouse does pretty much every modern popular horror movie in the last maybe 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Off the top of my head, accolades include Paranormal Activity, The Purge, Get Out. um, Halloween 2018. Yes. uh, The Visit. um, What's on all their posters? I'm trying to think what's on the... Like, what they always advertise. Well, I mean, they also don't do... They don't just do horror movies, which is how I first was introduced to them, was in one of my favorite movies, Whiplash. Yeah, they also did Whiplash. Yeah, they produced 
too. So they produce they're a production stuff. company, and they're known for making lower budget movies. Like mm-hmm. I know that um, the big thing, uh, Jason Blum, who's like the obviously like the big the name yeah the big the guy. Uh, he's got a big talent for making movies. I think it's like under like six million dollars or something like that. It's like very right. very. I mean, and that seems like a lot of money, but like nowadays that's a you know it's a pretty small budget movie. Yeah. Um, and they're yeah. able to make money off of doing oh absolutely budget because movies. they tend to make movies I mean horror movies they they know their target audience and it's like high school kids mm-hmm. so almost all their movies are that I mean like off like high school kids like Ma uh, the Paranormal Activity oh, movies yeah. um, they did that weird Assassination Nation movie I think well didn't they do the Gallows movies uh, maybe else? I think I think maybe they did the Gallows. Uh, but they also do the Into the Dark thing, which you've mentioned mm-hmm. before, uh, which is, those are very worth checking out. Again, they're very low. Those even, even the Into the Dark is a way lower budget yes. than their normal movies are. And they just do the, like one every month. And they tend to use the same actors, producers, directors, screenwriters. They have their own little ecosystem, which is mm-hmm. cool because, um, okay, some of their stuff is very good. Yes. Others are not. They have a they, big variety and, and I truly, of I don't, as much as I might just generalize by saying Blumhouse, it's not the producer's faults. Mm-hmm. They're just making movies. Yes. They are, and I think that they are current, in this current climate, they're looking for a wider array of stories that are a little bit more, um, what maybe the mass culture would consider grounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to take that however you will. Yes. So for instance... This movie, there's a, you know, they tend to do a lot of, like, reversals of a lot of, like, normal tropes. Like, yes. you know, this movie and Happy Death Day have taken a, you know... Uh, a beloved storyline. Yeah. Well, I, I meant, like, more, like, their main character oh, is this okay, kind yeah. of, like, on first glance, you would assume all of these things about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're attractive, they're somewhat popular, they're, like, in, you know, in this movie's case, high school, and Happy Death Day's case... She's a college student. Yeah. Um, and they kind of subvert a lot of expectations, mm-hmm. um, and while some people, that might turn some people off, what they do not shy away from is a lot of fun kills. All they of Blumhouse's have... movies, like, really go hard on kills. Well, in this movie in particular, I don't think I could tell you a single kill in this Dude, movie that I was not impressed with. Every single, I mean, it was like... They made the guy like Jason Voorhees. Like, they made him, like, unnaturally strong, virtually indestructible. And the cold open at the beginning is him just straight up killing four teenagers at their own house. And truly... In so interesting ways that we haven't yeah. seen before. And you know what's fun? We saw this movie with someone that we were directing this podcast towards. Like, like the archetypal person that we are like, what do we need to do to make this person see mm-hmm. these movies? And so when she came with us, like, we well, were she all... She texted me and she was like, yeah, yeah I want to go see this movie. Well, but I meant, like, all of these kills in the first, like, couple of minutes. Like, instead of, like, oh, shit, like, that's brutal. Like, every single one of them made all of us laugh. Because they mm-hmm. were just fun. Yeah. And it's, like, how back in the day when you watch, like, Friday the 13th, you're like, man, I hope these, you know, these teenagers die. Because they're just being, like, irresponsible or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now it's, like, the new pastiche of like who you want to have killed in a horror movie are like shithead teenagers yeah who are like i don't you know who i'm talking about like yeah. the shithead teenagers who are just being all shitty and it's just a very general thing but it's just teenagers now like the typical yes. zoomer teenager 
And you're just like, sometimes you're just like, really God, dating damn those damn Zoomers. We're Zoomers. Zoomers. We're Zoomers. But I mean, we're also in college and it's like, I know these kids now and I see them as young people currently. It's mm-hmm. so, like, we're not trying to like be the grandfather, but like, <laughs> I know exactly who these people are talking about, like oh, who, yeah. who they're making this movie about. Um, so yeah, like it's just, it's just fun to watch them die, man. (laughs) Well, and it's really interesting getting to see who's normally your, your teenage girl who's going to be your final girl surviving all of the attacks is now perpetrating some of that. Well, and now they also, um, just as a general, like, so so the guy that, that wrote and directed this movie, or the guy that directed this movie wrote and directed the Happy Death Day movies, which as we said, is like a very good comparison to make with this movie mm-hmm. because what they did in those movies was have a character that you kind of think you already know and through a completely different set of circumstances you get to see her more as a real person yes and i feel like while some of the times in blumhouse movies like some of the characters kind of the dialogue isn't very believable and awesome yeah. but the main characters are always very you know thorough like they're all very fleshed out they're all well, multi-dimensional they get, they get dynamic a couple of great character scenes. Yeah, and this movie did no different. It was like, it literally had that one scene of like, damn it, they just justified all the dumb writing that they do later in the movie. And it was okay, because, you know, it's... It makes you care about them in a way that horror movies tend to not normally make people care. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that they did that. Um, Especially, so I had a couple of the, the stuff that was pulled up. So you mentioned before that it was starring Vince Vaughn, who we'll get to in a second. <laughs> but it's also starring Catherine Newton, who I, if you've seen her, you probably know her from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it was bothering me the entire movie, and I was I like, make sure that you her. know. Big Little Lies, uh, po- Detective Pikachu, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. She was in that weird Blockers movie. She was in Little Women, which is probably where I also really? definitely knew her. She was the Amy. Yeah, the new one. She was Amy in Little Women. No way. Yeah, that's the same one, right? That 2017 no, one. Oh, damn it! The new one was from last Stupid. year. Stupid. Well, she was in Lady Bird, okay? So she's still. <laughs> and of course, she was in Paranormal Activity Four, which is, I mm-hmm. think, how like a lot of people really, really knew her originally. Um, so she is the you know the protagonist you follow her most of the movie or at least you follow her brain the entire movie because at all at once you know the town's resident like serial killer who is played by Vince Vaughn who I don't know if a lot of people actually know he's like 6 foot 4 he's a huge he's a man big, guy. big scary looking dude and so they have them switch over so then you have Stoic, basically Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, like killer in the body of this girl who's maybe like 130 pounds, you know, not very threatening. Mm -hmm. And now you have that girl's like kind of manic teenage girl brain in Vince Vaughn. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, I mean, and hilarity ensues, but it's like definitely worth the watch just for these two to like. I really want to know more behind the scenes stuff about how they did it. I'm sure it's out there. Well, and you know the last time we saw Vince Vaughn in a classic horror movie? The remake of Psycho? Yes. Weird. Because <laughs> that But, happened. freaky. But because he's a scary, he can play yeah. a scary dude. Because he's a very, like, I mean, not obviously Vince Vaughn normally does comedy stuff, so, like, you're not inherently scared of him. But the second that he, like, becomes threatening... It's creepy. It's creepy. Uh, I also thought notable people, I mean, Alan Ruck was in the movie. He's uh, Cameron Fry in... Uh, <laughs> Ferris Bueller's That's Day Out, right. 
which I always love seeing him show up, pop up and stuff. Um, uh, specifically, Celeste O'Connor, who's Nihilus, she's going to be in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, and this this movie has a huge cast of, uh, like, again, like, high school to college age, like, our age actors. Yes. Um, so who I'm sure in several things. I'm definitely sure a bunch of Into the Dark stuff, because Blumhouse likes to do that sort of thing. So you've got the same people, like I said, writing and directing. So that makes it a comedy and a horror movie. Yes. So equal parts of both. To the point that it's almost like how romantic comedies are like mostly comedies, but like the through plot is romance. This is like a horror comedy in the sense that the entire movie is a comedy with a through line being horror. So there are kills every like 10 to 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. To, like, remind you that this is going on. But it's not really about those. It's a it's a move. It's got a whole plot, like, aside from the murders that are happening. Yeah. And then they're, they're all done in a very quick or stylish or humorous way, so they're not really upsetting. I, say, I wouldn't label this movie as, like, an overly frightening. No. This is a movie you throw on when you want to have it's a good It's fun. Time. Like, it's the kind of movie that you'd go see in high school with a bunch of friends. Oh, yeah. Like, Absolutely. Um, I just, was there any, like, key moment that you want to, like, definitely sell people on that stood out to you? I mean, I can't think of anyone mm-hmm. without, like, getting into any kind of spoilers about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. But I, I don't know, I just really liked the two leads in this. They yeah. both put in really great performances. And, I mean, Vince Vaughn playing a teenage girl gave me, like, Jack Black in the new Jumanji yeah, movie yeah. vibes. Well, and it's fun because you've got, you know, Jack Black, who's, like, a small, you know, bigger guy playing a teenage girl, but it's, like, the same energy but in a weirder form. Yeah. Because, you know, because she's in the body of this, like, Jason Voorhees killer, so he's, like, really strong, and... You know, she's not used to that. So she's like, oh, wow, I'm so durable and strong. Yeah. And, you know, the killer's in her body and is, like, failing to, like, knock a door down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a fun, like, dynamic that they've got going on. And, I mean, it's... I guess where I feel like it would be good to, you know, just kind of tie with the rest of the Blumhouse stuff is that they have a whole, like... It's good that they make things that are unique. Um, they sometimes go into a pattern of things becoming too similar, like, mm-hmm. i.e. the last ten minutes of the movie. But yes. up until that point, it's a very creative, you're not really sure where it's gonna go. Yes. Or, like, you're like, I'm, we're pretty sure how it's going to end, but we're like, now how is it going to get to that point? Those are fun movies, mm-hmm. especially if they're also entertaining. Um, like, my uncle gave me the, the, the great example, like, when Winter Soldier came out. He's like, the whole movie had, like, a great deal of suspense and entertainment where it was like, I know Captain America's gonna save the day, but, like, it feels like he won't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool, like, this movie has that sort of, like, we know everything's probably gonna be okay, but, like, there are, like, we don't know how, or yeah. when, or, like, we don't know how it's gonna get there, and mm-hmm. that's cool, like, it's, it's cool when you can't predict how it's gonna happen. Yes. So, yeah, I, I just, it's worth it for Vince Vaughn. And, I mean, yeah, the kids are great. I mean, all of, I don't know where they get these kids, truly. <laughs> I don't know, but, yeah, it, they did a really good job with casting this movie. And I think that, yeah, I just, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, go see it, especially because, I mean, I mean, the big part, like, go, first of all, go support theaters. 
for the love of God, go support theaters right we now. Saw, we've seen, we saw both of these movies in theaters, and we were the only people in that theater. Well, and I like okay, so theaters we, are not so dying off because no one's going. Theaters are dying off. I'm going on soapbox. Theaters are dying go. off because production stuck companies think they're gonna lose a bunch of money, and they want to make as much money as they freaking can. So they're like, no, you no. So just movies like Blumhouse ones that are cheap. They're like, oh, it's okay, we can gamble, it'll be okay. Well, and the other thing is that now they're making deals with um, video-on-demand companies. Like, Freaky in, I think it's 14 days from now, yeah. or 14 days from this Tuesday, I think, is going to be on streaming, sir, or is going to be available for on-demand viewing. It's, uh, I don't know. I just if wish people, that people would kind of... feel yeah, safer with that. I suppose, but I'd, I just think that the majority is just that companies just feel like they're like, oh, well, we're not going to make billions of dollars, then who cares? Let's just push it back. Who cares if people go out of business? But this is a positive podcast, and that's too, That's the real horror. Yeah. Speaking of real horror... Let's talk about Come Play. Um, so, Come so Play... So, I really hope that you like ASMR stuff when you see this movie. <laughs> so, the little... Um, I guess synopsis that they give. Yeah, for give, this it, movie give it to is, me. A monster named Larry manifests Larry. itself. Larry is the monster's name. Are you afraid yet? <laughs> That's great. Larry manifests itself through smartphones and mobile devices. It is a feature film version of a 20, 2017 short film. Yeah, I definitely and feel like can, I've seen it before. And I mean, like, it's kind of like how Lights Out started as a short film, and you can kind of get that yeah. atmosphere from it. Um, you know though, I I now I'm interested to see this short film of this because with Lights Out I'd seen the short film first and it was terrifying mm-hmm. and I felt like the movie did it a disservice just because I never it felt saw the movie. okay. But you've seen the short film, right? I love the short film. It's just like that part of what made it so scary is because like you had that big scare and then it was done. Mm-hmm. There was an, imagine it's an hour and twenty minutes and they have to give it a backstory and all this extra crap. Mm-hmm. This. I mean, granted, I haven't seen the short film, but it didn't feel... Like, normally when they have, like, technology movies, like, almost every time that a movie that's like, what if technology was evil? Mm-hmm. It's always bad. Yeah. This was cool because it was... It wasn't what yeah. if technology's bad, it's... What if... What if you yeah. needed a friend? Well, no, what I was gonna say it, it was more like... Well, I mean, yeah, there's obviously that undercurrent, but mm-hmm. I was like, it was more of... What if something that you couldn't understand was using technology to hurt people? Yes. Especially your son. Yes. So, did you kind of have... Is there, like, a straight-up, like, more of a, like, in-depth synopsis of, like... Because, I mean, obviously, I want to talk about, like, what the kids about. So, yeah, I have a little bit more. Um, So, the little description is, Oliver is a lonely young boy who feels different from everyone else. Mm -hmm. Desperate for a friend, he seeks solace and refuge in his ever-present cell phone and tablet... When a mysterious creature uses Oliver's devices against him to break into our world, yeah. Oliver's parents must fight to save their son from the monster beyond the screen. So, I think that that had a lot of potential to, you know, shoot itself in the foot, but mm-hmm. it didn't. No, it felt like it was really evenly building up this like, yeah. horror behind Larry, which is... Well, man. but we talked about this in the car coming back. There's like a big circle of... Monster names. Mm-hmm. You start out with something that's scary, and then the, you know, like the name is scary, but the monster isn't. And you kind of keep going, and eventually you kind of get to this part of the wheel where like the name is just it's trying to be scary, but it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. But there's a sweet spot somewhere in the middle that has a name that's simple, and like it's not 
it, it's tr- it's like okay, the name itself is not scary, mm-hmm. but you apply it to something that like is fucking terrifying. Yes. So absolutely. like you know, have that thing like the puppet from Dead Silence names his name is Billy. Billy. It's like okay, Billy is kind of a generic name, but when you're like. Oh, that really life like lifelike looking puppet's name is Billy. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have a big, scary, sinister demon from Sinister named Bagul. It's not scary, but Larry is scary. Yeah. <laughs> like Larry, it's like it's that perfect marriage of like you could have named it something like you know Ben, where it's like okay, you're clearly trying really hard to make it. I don't know if you're familiar with that creepypasta, but, like, the creepypasta world does a lot of, like, they try to make simple names, like, really scary, and they just never work. Mm-hmm. Larry is, like, a little bit above that, but it itself is very, very, very scary. Like, creature is very intimidating, Yeah, I think. It's an intimidating force. Yes. So it's, I mean, and it's like, I've almost had it with things being tall and skinny, mm-hmm. but this thing is... Good. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it, the movie gave me a lot of, like, sh- the first season of Stranger Things vibes. Where, yes. like, it's a thing from, like, a physical other plane that can use electricity to, like, make its presence known. And, like, that's how it, like, shows up. It needs that energy to manifest. Mm-hmm. And it does it by, like, showing up on someone's phone as, like, a book. Like, a Kindle, almost. Yeah. And this very creepy picture book. Um, and, like, as it goes on, like, the lights start flickering and you start hearing the noise. The noises. That's the sound Larry makes. Larry, <laughs> it sounds Larry like, sounds like a creepy It sounds wall. like, well, it's hit, It's like his weird, like, his, like, bones, bones crackling. crackling. Like, Which is creepy, but every time I heard it, I'm like, it's just someone, like, crunching it's a hand. It's a artist crunching It's something. so funny. Um, but it's very scary. <laughs> it, it's very scary in the moment, but when looking back at it, it's just yeah. like, oh, it's just like, yeah. yeah. And you know, it's it's not like the kind of like the conjuring where like the scares are all jump scares, and they're not all constant either. Yes, there's a lot of you know low key, and there weird are a stuff. couple. I would argue jump scares that are more audio based than visual based. Yeah, it's like lights flickering or shattering or like or just weird a, noises. A sudden transition of a scene to something else. Oh yeah. That yeah. happens a couple times. And I think it's worth noting that I think that was a stylistic choice from the director because our main character in this movie does have is on the spectrum. Yeah, so He's that's a non vocal um, member of the yeah, he, he's he's definitely on the autism spectrum somewhere, and I he said they said he was maybe seven or eight years old. That sounds about right. Um, and is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can kind of make noises, but he very he's a very very limited range of expressing himself. And so he uses his tablet to communicate because he yeah. know he can like read and write. Yeah, but his. He just doesn't use his voice, so he's able to put together sentences using his tablet. Well, and we, I mean, we have experience, like, talk, like watching and talking and, and dealing with that sort of presence. And so we've got, you know, expert opinions that tell us, like, okay, well, this is not accurate. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've seen a lot of movies with people that are on the spectrum, and I'm like, a lot of this is not accurate. I mean, yeah. and especially with mental illness in general. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost never accurate. Or, I mean, I I always kind of suspend, like, okay, I get it. It's got to be theatrical, cinematic, whatever. I'm okay with a little bit of that. But, like, be consistent. Do something. Like, make it just, like... Like, they could have made him nonverbal and gave him that laptop just to use it for, like, one scare. But they didn't. It was, like, how he communicated. Yeah. Well, and when his tablet got taken away from him, he didn't have a way no, of yeah, communicating. No, yeah, he couldn't. Yeah. Well, which and, is yeah. terrifying. So, but... 
I would say that this movie is is very um, I don't know about accurate is the right word, but it it does it presents this um, I don't know if affliction is the right word, but it presents this you know living with this condition mm-hmm. as pretty I would say pretty you know on the money of uh, what it's like, especially from a parent's perspective. Yes, you know what it's like because clearly so. We want to get into the cast, kind of the stuff. Yes, we do. So, um, the main character, Oliver, is played by um, Ashley Robertson, who most recently has been seen in A Marriage Story on mm-hmm. Netflix with Adam Driver Holy and Scarlett Johansson. That's the same kid! Yeah, it's the same kid. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, so so he's not on the spectrum. No, really. I don't believe so. Wow, so again, this kid killed it, because yeah, it was very, very great. believable. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's... In that movie, I mean, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly, is very, very good. And I think that it's almost good, you know, if you know someone that maybe has, or you, if you like, I know a lot of people, like when I was in high school, get involved in like best buddies and whatnot. That would, you know, mm-hmm. they knew a lot about this. Yeah. And you know, it's hard to find, you know, positive um, examples of, you know, people that that live like this, you know, in media. It tends to be kind of ignored not really done well well and something that helped the writer of this movie the writer and director is that his wife works with children on the spectrum so she was able to give realistic input on how he was writing that's great oh and i mean and it's cool because it's not really done for like a shock value or just to be like what if we just did this also Mm -hmm. like the movie is like it couldn't happen without you know, this character. Absolutely. Because the whole thesis of, you know, the kid being the target is because it's like, oh, well, this monster feels like all he really needs is a friend because he's not, he's also kind of misunderstood Mm -hmm. and all that you need because he is very isolated and alone. He obviously has trouble making friends when he's eight and, you know, kids are shitty. Yeah. So, I mean, it's this, he's kind of isolated him as like the perfect, I don't know about, I mean, the thing, the monster's not good. It is going to take this kid into another dimension where he will beat, he'll be, I don't even know. I, who knows It's what not good. So the monster is not like, oh, it's just misunderstood. No, it's probably no, it's victimizing a, it's an evil monster. I mean, it's not like, a, it's not like Sinister where it's like eating these kids' souls, but like, yeah. it is not good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's good that they, I don't know. I just like that they did it and they didn't kind of do it cheaply. Yes. Um. And then rounding out our main cast is the two parents. We have the mom, Sarah, played by Gillian Jacobs. Oh, Britta's in this? Of community <laughs> fame from playing... We Britta. love community in this house. So, we like, we it. went to go see this because we're like, oh, Britta's in this. <laughs> um, and then the dad, Marty, is played by Tony Award winning actor <sighs> and horror John Gallagher vet. Jr. So John Gallagher Jr. is... I love him. So, firstly, so his Broadway career, firstly, yes. he was in the original Broadway cast of Spring Awakening. And American Idiot. And American Idiot. Won a Tony for... Or playing more yeah, in Spring Opposite, Awakening. you know, Jonathan Groff, who mm-hmm. everyone knows. Yeah, Jonathan Groff and Le- uh, Leah Salonga. Not Leah Salonga. Leah Michelle. I mean, I, don't, I know who she is, but I'm like, Jonathan Groff's like, Frozen, Mindhunter. He's yeah. in a bunch of stuff. I was like, Leah Michelle. You know, like, Hamilton. You. Yeah, exactly. So... Then I don't know what he decided to do, but then he decided he was going to go jump into the horror world. Yeah, most notably in Hush. Yes, in Michael Flanagan's Hush. 
uh, as the killer. He's great, and he's fantastic. He's great in that movie, and he has some yeah. great moments in this yeah. movie as a dad who's just trying to work through a rough relationship with his wife. He's a, he's a good dad. He's, he's a, a good, good dad. dad, and he has a very arguably scary job working as a park lot, like parking lot monitor. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's in, middle, in yeah, he's in shifts. a booth like in the empty parking lot in the middle of the night. And you know those times where he'll bring his son with him, and it's 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 a lot of very cool, um, not like claustrophobic, but like very isolated, like vulnerable horror that comes from there. A lot of good stuff, especially um, when they use that uh, the remote. Uh, yeah, to see how far the remote away like tape measure. Oh god, because the monster simulator is invisible. Like it, it can mm-hmm. only really show up on uh, cameras. Yes. So like the kid will like do like those like Snapchat filters. And, like, invert the camera so it's looking at the room and, like, it will find a face where there's no body. Yeah. Which is really creepy. So, like, you know, they can only really see it, like, through the lens of a camera or yes. a screen. So, like, no one can see it in real life uh, until it does that weird crossover thing. You know, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's like the, the Demogorgon where, like, it can't really show up most of the time. So it's just kind of there but also not there. Yes. So, yeah, um, there's also a couple kids... That are also in the. Yes. I don't know about their names, but like it's. I love kid actors when they're really, really good. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so impressive. Like these kids handled pretty mature stuff. Oh yeah. And I mean, they looked like they were. I mean, I don't know how old like little little kids are, but they looked like they, they were like seven were or eight years old. It was very cool. Wait, was he in Black Panther? No. No, that's Titans. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these kids do a really great job. Playing real kids. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I think really yeah. makes me love the kid actors in this movie, is because mm-hmm. they are very realistic. These are kids you could meet down the street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it, it's really cool, especially because um, a lot of movies that deal with like little kids bullying each other um, can kind of do it, I think, in a lot more of a... Like, the, the movies can paint them in a lot more like this like vicious you know, light, and it's mm-hmm. like, kids aren't always out for blood. Yeah. Like, the kid that, like, you know, kind of bullies Oliver the most, like, you know, a little bit, he's just like, I don't really know why, I mean, I'm just kind of doing this because whatever. Like, well, he's like, then, hey, I miss hanging out with yeah, you. Yeah, he's like, why aren't we friends? It's like, well, yeah, he was lashing out because he was hurt that he didn't want to be friends with him. Like, mm-hmm. and that's real. Like, that's how especially little kids, like, that's how they are. Yeah. So it was cool that, you know, it wasn't this... You know, just they're just picking on them just cause, which you know, all, that always kind of sucks to see. But and especially towards the kind of midpoint of the movie when like they first kind of have that interaction mm-hmm. with Larry, like all of them, like by the end they're like, "This is why we're all all friends," because like, yeah. we've all seen Larry, and like we're all gonna be friends. I'm like, "Oh, cool!" You know, that's good that they have that because it's easy to make friends when you're kids. Like literally, yeah, all they need, like, is that's what. Um, Britta, I don't remember her name in the movie, but Britta would... Sarah, sorry. (laughs) The mom would bring Oliver to uh, speech pathologist appointments to kind of get him to try to vocalize a lot more. She keeps telling him to do some, you know, like socialization skills, like that's what's going to help him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's very concerned. She's like, well, what if I'm the reason that my son isn't going to be able to talk? Like, am I doing it wrong? She has a lot of these anxieties about doing it right she really wants to protect him but is just afraid and she's afraid for herself like these are all very real 
emotions that this goes through. It's like, I was really surprised to see a lot of this from this movie. Because mm-hmm. I didn't expect any of it. I didn't expect anything this deep. Especially when it comes from a short film. Yeah. To, like, actually and effectively give this big, this small story a lot more depth. Mm-hmm. It's very, very cool. Yeah, and I think, really, the ultimate thing with this movie is it does give itself so much depth to work with. With these realistic characters that are going through real struggles. Like, they're, wor- they're worried about, like, will my kid have friends when he grows yeah. up? Yeah. Well, and, like, they kind of say, like, it, this, the motives of Larry seem quite nebulous. Mm-hmm. Where it's not, it's, like, he's kind of like, you know, like in Close Encounters, where, like, the aliens may not be evil. It's just what they're doing is not in the best interest of a family. So, like, if, have you seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Not. Well, like, it, it follows, like, this woman whose son gets abducted. Mm-hmm. And she goes ballistic trying to find him, as a mother would. Yeah. So, I always want to say Britta. But Sarah is, you know, <laughs> she's like, I don't want this thing to take my son because then I won't have him. It's mm-hmm. not like, it's not like the typical monster or demon thing where it's like, it's going to kill this kid. And it's like, well, now I'm pr- motivated to protect this kid. It's like, I'm afraid of losing him. Mm-hmm. And just because this thing is lonely, doesn't I don't want it to... Get, you know, this is my son. You yeah. know, like, I'm supposed to protect him and watch over So it's a different sort of fear that this preys on. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not this, you know, very concrete evil thing. It's just this weird negative energy that is seeking to pull you and your son apart. Yes. So it's like, no matter what it is, it's bad that you are losing your son. Mm-hmm. And she's already very... Um, she's not confident that her son loves her. She's like, he doesn't ever look me in the eye. I don't mm-hmm. like that. I feel like he loves my my husband or my, you know, I don't know if they're separating or just going through it. I think they're just going yeah. through relationships. But, you know, right. like her husband, Oliver's father, he gets along way better with him than he mm-hmm. does with her. So she feels like, what am I doing wrong? Like, yeah. you know. So all of this stuff is like on top of this somewhat a little goofy like Larry story. Mm-hmm. But it's still... You know, it's creepy when it needs to be, and it doesn't hog the story. It doesn't drag it into this, you know, big climax thing where they're like, we gotta kill Larry. It's like, I'm not gonna let you take my son from me. Yeah. Which is very cool. Like, that's what the movie becomes. Instead of just, no, demons or whatever the hell, like, you know. Well, and... Kind of like with Free, I also think this isn't, like, an overly terrifying movie. No, it's not. it's very realistic fears it preys on just like worries about losing someone you love not to anything in particular just not having them have that connection with you anymore Mm -hmm. and it just oh it just got to me because it made me like it made me feel things (laughs) (laughs) did you cry i don't we were sitting next to each other but did you Uh, were you close i was close but i didn't quite cry because it had me there a couple times (laughs) It, it grabbed me yeah well i mean and it's I like when movies, especially, we would talk, especially with, like, Haunting of Hill House, like, when horror can transcend emotions, I mean, even Freaky does it a little bit. I mean, every now and then, horror movies will kind of take it and go, what about real emotions? And I'm like, that's when I love that, because, like, I I care more about it. Like, there's a movie that I can't remember the name of, but it's essentially, like, this, this girl is, like, this high school girl who's, like, lost her mother, who was, like, this very famous scream queen in the 80s gets, like, pulled into one of her mom's movies and gets to, like, have closure with her mm-hmm. mother as her own age. And I'm like, where... First of all, 
who who allowed you to do who this? Because it's like a goofy movie, but it's like no, also real things. Like I want to find what that movie is because I really want to see it. We can definitely cover it because mm-hmm. it's it's that same thing where like it can be goofy, it can be scary, and it can also make you feel things. It doesn't just have to be this cheap thing that you make for money. Yeah, yeah you could tell there's some passion behind this project. Yeah, I mean, and clearly, I mean, if it's anything like Lights Out, like Lights Out was mm-hmm. written and directed by the same guy that did. The, uh, the the short short film. So, yeah, I mean, especially if his wife works with these type of kids, I mean, clearly it's something that he is also passionate about telling, or at least is interested in exploring, you know, we can also make effective regular, or not regular, like normal, kind of, you know, mainstream horror f- films yes. with people that maybe aren't normally in those type of movies, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool and... I think it's cool when you have that inclusivity, like especially like movies like Get Out and Us that are rising in like the African American community. Mm-hmm. But I think that this movie did it just a little bit more subversively. Yes. Where it wasn't like, I don't really want to roast those movies, but they are a little ham fisted at times. At with times, like, yeah. And I mean, sometimes that's cool, and sometimes like it's cool to make a movie about that. But like, it's also well, cool. And I think Get Out really did that in an effective way. Yeah, well, and Get Out, we'll get a whole episode when we talk about Jordan Peele's. But like, there's a difference between making a movie like for like a reason to make a message. Like, I don't. I mean, clearly Jordan Peele like had a a reason why he made this movie, but he didn't just do it to be like, yeah, and this is what I think about this. Like, no, I'm gonna make a movie also, and also like tell a message. Unlike some other movies that we've seen that are literally just people screaming at you through a very poor movie. Yeah, we're never going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about that one. I truly... We're not doing that. I know, we're not going to. I'm just imagining, like, someday it's like we have, like, a a Patreon goal or something like that. If we get to a certain point in our career of the podcast, we're going to have to talk about it. And we're going to have to, like, find two good things about it. And then we can be done. (laughs) (laughs) like if we cover like the original and then the other remake and then like we all just have to be like they also remade it again and this happened i'm really looking forward to like if listeners are like if this really eats at listeners and they're like trying to figure out what it is (laughs) it's like we've told a couple people about it but like i don't know if like most of our listeners would know what we're talking about yeah so we'll keep that up to uh we'll keep it in the dark keep it in the mystery but yeah, so these two recent horror editions, I think, are really great for the genre and really, I think, good introductory movies if you haven't really oh had a absolutely lot of experience with and introductory in totally different ways. You have Freaky, yes. which is a very um, it's a very modern genre specific, yeah, like lighthearted, and then you have one that's like okay, if you want to do something that is straight, I don't know about like straight horror film, but is more in the wheelhouse something like Mike Flanagan where like mm-hmm. it's a horror movie but part of what's scary is the emotion yes instead of just here are jump scares which I'm not knocking those movies I love the Conjuring oh yeah but they're basically written around scaring you with these jump scares and like the story and everything else comes secondary and sometimes it suffers for that mm-hmm. this is the opposite absolutely and you get more because you know these characters in both these movies both Freaky and, and Conflict, like, Conflict you get more out of it because you like and or at least are entertained by a lot of the characters in it yes and I believe that wraps us up for I think our that first covers it current review bonus episode oh no 
You can't tell me Larry's here now. Oh, where is it?